We're talking about purpose and the fact that you have been saved for a purpose. That the reason why you're in the kingdom of God is not just so you can, whoo, hey, I, I put my trust in Christ. Now I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. And I just got to like hang out and keep my nose clean until the time that God takes me on home or he comes and gets us or, you know, however he's going to do it. Uh, no, he, he saved you for a reason. And so we're going to hop right into this today, if you don't mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We've been reading this for several weeks now. It says, and we know that God causes everything. Someone say everything. everything. That means everything going on in your life right now. Good, bad, ugly, pretty, profitable, destructive, <laughs> whatever it may be. God causes it to work for good, all of it, to work together for good. For everybody? No, not for everyone. But for those who love God, who in this house loves God, all right, and if you have faith in God, if you have come to be a believer in Christ Jesus, this is the awesome part of it. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It's not a matter of I was, a, I was just a lost sheep. I was, I was a sinner. And he, he had, through his grace and mercy, came and, and called me and saved me. Well, yeah, he, he did it. Why did he call you? Because I was lost. No, he called you because he had a purpose for you. He had a reason for you. There's a reason why you're in this kingdom. There's a reason if you're part of this fellowship, there's a reason why you're part of this fellowship and not part of another fellowship. You know, that, that becomes the mindset in a lot of Christianity, modern Christianity today. You know, we, we go shopping for churches because we want to find, I need to find where I'm going to get fed. I need to find where I'm going to get fed. In reality, it's a matter of we need to ask God, where do you want me so that I can help feed if you can't say amen, say oh me. <laughs> In other words, if you, if, you say, if you sit there and say, you know, if, if, if so many people have been guilty of this. I mean, it's just kind of the mindset. So, you know, I'm, you know I, I would go there. I just don't feel like there's this for me. I don't feel like I get fed here. I don't feel like. The, the reality is, first of all, you are a church. This is not church. This is a pep rally. You are church. So you can't go, hey, I need to attend church. Well, do you attend you? You are church. And so well, I need to find a church that feeds me. Well, you're a church. Start feeding yourself. <laughs> Get into the word. Start connecting with God. You know? Say, so well, I... But I, I need the band, and I need the preacher to be this and that, and I need this, and I need this kind of program. I need that, and I... No, your church. That's not what church is. Your church. If you need to find a church that feeds you, start with yourself, and then find a brother or sister that's going to encourage you too. Because that's what the purpose of the church is, is to start learning to minister to each other. It's not the, the model of... Well, the preacher's got to be dynamic enough to feed me. No, we've got to all feed each other, you know? Uh, one person can't feed the whole body. Your body doesn't get nourishment from one cell. <laughs> There's multiple cells that nourishes each other. Your body is an incredible orchestration of self-nourishing. You can even stop eating and start fasting for an extended amount of time. Guess what? Your body's going to find things to eat on. 
right? It's going to find, you know, when, when you stub your toe, your toe's not the only thing that hurts, is it? Your whole body hurts all the way to the point that you start mouthing off, <laughs> you know? And, you know, uh, uh, and a lot of times you have to repent afterwards, right? Why? Because the whole body feels it. In other words, we are, we are knitly joined together, fitly joined together, and interwoven, and we got to learn to feed each other. And that's what we've been talking about, purpose, purpose. We've been talking about the, the wonderful thing, if God, God has called us to a purpose, and so he gave, gave us things to equip us to fulfill that purpose. And those things he calls gifts. Gifts. It wasn't Oprah's idea to start giving gifts out. It was his idea. He gives gifts. And we learned, uh, just a real quick review, we've learned in the last several weeks that every facet of God gives gifts. If you want to take the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each one has gifts that are unique to the purpose of that facet, that manifestation, that person of God. And so we, we find it right here in Paul's teaching. And so and we, we've kind of been hanging out in Paul's teaching these last few weeks, uh, just so it's all kind of cohesive. But, but uh, just as a quick review, therefore, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. So we're talking about spiritual, or talking about gifts. So they're different type of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So when it comes to gifts that deal with the spiritual the supernatural, it comes from who? The Holy Spirit. We're still talking about gifts. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Who is Lord? Jesus, the Son of God. He gives gifts, and they're gifts that serve, right? They are service gifts. Verse 6, God works in different ways. Now, when Paul is talking about God here, he's referring to the creator of all or the father of all, right? So the father, the father works in different ways, but is it the same God or the same father who does the work in all of us? How many of us? All of us. All of who? All of humanity. And we learned about this. Uh, so basically, we can, we can split up gifts this way, gifts of the Father, which are called grace or accomplishing gifts, gifts of the Son, which are service gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are spiritual gifts. And so the last two weeks, we learned about gifts of the Father. You can find them in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. These are gifts. The reason why they're called grace gifts, and Paul even says that they're grace gifts, is because th these are gifts that you are naturally born with, uh, all of humanity. Every single person you meet is just born with, we call him that. Oh, he's just got a God-given ability to do this. Or man, that's, he's just a natural-born leader. Well, that's one of the ones that Paul lists, the gift of leading. You ever met someone who's just a natural teacher? Everything they do just, you know, is, is a way of teaching. They, they just get, well, it's, some people are born with it. Some people are born with a, with a servant's heart. It's just natural to them. You don't have to teach them, you know. Some of your kids, you'll identify it in your kids. You don't even have to teach your kids how to do certain things. They just naturally pick it up and go with it, run with it, you know. What are those? Those are gifts from the Father. They're grace gifts because you're, you're born with them. You, you hadn't even lived long enough to earn it, right? Then gifts of the Son. We learned in Ephesians 4.11, Paul tells us that Christ, when he ascended on high, that he led, 
captivity, he led those who were captive and he gave gifts. He fulfilled a prophecy in doing that. And, and, and so these gifts are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And so as a believer in Christ Jesus, you can pray, what anointing do I get to operate? Am I operating under an apostolic anointing, a, a prophetic anointing, an evangelistic anointing, a pastoral anointing? Teachers. In other words, you don't have to have a specific title in a church. You know, we don't have to bring you on staff and deem you pastor so-and-so in order for you to operate in your pastoral or shepherding anointing, right? There are those that God has placed in your life. It may be two or three people that you are walking with and mentoring, but you are shepherding and pastoring them. Uh, there may be times on the, out of nowhere that you have a prophetic word for someone. And that, you, know, you may not even operate in that anointing for months on end or ever again. But these are gifts. And all of these gifts, the Bible says in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that these gifts were given to equip the saints to do the work of God. So God, so, so God has given you some gifts just for being born. The son, once you come to him, he gives you a gift, a, a, a particular anointing to operate in. Uh, some of you may wind up operating in all five of these, but there'll be one that you are naturally inclined to. And he gives you that, not so you can become a celebrity in the church, not so that you can write all kinds of books or sell product and all this stuff and, and get your name everywhere. Not dissing anyone who does that, but at the same time, it's, it's, we, we miss out on the fact that these gifts aren't for the stage of the church. The, these gifts are for the pews and the chairs of the church. And it's for everyone to be able to equip each other to do the purpose and the work of God, right? All right, so enough, enough with the uh, uh, revision there, the reviewing there. Now we're going to talk about the third type of gifts this week. Again, we're talking about purpose. He's got a purpose for you, and he's given you some gifts, some natural-born gifts, some, some serving offices, and now the Holy Spirit brings gifts. Isn't that awesome? Man, no matter what part of God you get to encounter, you get gifts. And they're, they're not gifts to puff you up. They're gifts so that you can be a blessing. Matter of fact, the fruit of the Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you start bearing fruit. Do you realize a tree does not bear fruit so it can feed itself? A tree doesn't get to partake of its own fruit. A tree bears fruit. Everybody else gets to eat it. So the fruit you bear in your life, say, ooh, God's anointed me so I can just be blessed. No, he's anointed you so you can be a blessing. And you're going to be blessed because he's anointed someone else to be a blessing that you get to rub shoulders with, right? So you want a church to feed you. I need a church where I can be fed. Well, then get around some people that feed you. Some, believing, some, some folks who believe in the word of God and let them start feeding you. There, you got church to feed you. And then when you come to church, as we call it, or when you show up for the Sunday pep rally, yeah. the right mindset is for all of us to say, all right, Lord, who am I supposed to feed today? Who am I supposed to bless? I've been eating off a of good fellowship and word all week. Now, who am I supposed to bless? So here we go. Gifts of the Spirit. We find them here. And this is what's so awesome about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, see, you can learn about the Father. You can study the theology of the Son but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you have to experience them. 
when he begins to merge his spirit with you and begins to possess you. That's right. You realize that everything Satan has is a counterfeit, right? Is a copycat. So you want to, people talk about demonic possession and Hollywood makes a lot of money about demonic possession. Well, Jesus even cast out demons. We studied about that in men's Bible study yesterday. But it's just a carbon copy of his spirit wanting to possess you, wanting to merge and become one with you. And that's what Christ did. He brought us back into oneness with God when we believe and trust in him. And so the Holy Spirit comes and solidifies and bears witness, says, yep, he's one with God, <laughs> you know? And, and so if, if there's something that has been lacking in the American church, it's been the fact that we've got, woo, experience God. Well, that's scary because we can't control that. You can't control the experience, right? Because everyone has to experience them and encounter them in their own way. And we can't control that. We can control talking about the Father. We can control uh, describing the theology of the Son and the sacrifice that the Son did. And we can connect the dots back to the Old Testament sacrifices and Passover and all that stuff. That's all really good uh, 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 biblical and, and classroom textbook stuff. And it's easy because we can control it. And therefore, we can control the time of our services. We can control how, how much we sing, when we sing, how we sing. We can control how the sermons go and when we uh, clock out and we all go home from church. But man, you start letting the Holy Spirit do his thing. That's the wild card. And so the American church has started getting away from it. And yet I am so hungry for a move of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to sound or feel a certain way. It just has to be an experience for every believer to truly experience. I can sit here and I can tell you all about my gumbo. And I can tell you how I make it and what ingredients I put into it. And you can sit here and go, man, that sounds so good. Oh, yes, pastor, that sounds good. Oh, yeah, throw some more filet in there. Oh, glory to God, that's awesome. And then you can go home and say, man, Pastor Dave, boy, he did a great job explaining gumbo and describing his gumbo. Matter of fact, I'm going to go back next week because I want him to describe more food to me. <laughs> That's the condition of the modern day church. Tell me about God. Oh, that sounds so good. Tell me about his, his son. Oh, tell me about the Holy Spirit. That sounds great. Okay, great. Awesome. I'll see you next week. But last week, 22 of you showed up at my house and got to eat my gumbo. And I got to see some smiles and got to hug some necks. That's a different experience than just hearing about my gumbo. You have to eat it and experience it. And yet the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not come listen to someone talk about God and know that he's good, but experience them for yourself. Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you got to consume me. You got to experience me. If you really want to know the full effect you've got to experience, let me get a hold of you is what he's saying. And I'm so hungry for a move of the Holy Spirit, one that changes lives. Like I said, I don't care what it looks like. We all come from different religious backgrounds. I don't care. It doesn't have to look the way that it looked when I was growing. It doesn't have to. But man, there is something moving in this country. And I'm trying to get back on my sermon. I promise I am. 
But there's something moving in this country where we've got, we see an influx of college students. It's not just happening at Ashbury. There was a huge Bible, a huge prayer meeting that broke out at Baylor University. Folks are freaking out. Prayer meeting at Baylor, what's going on? That's a Baptist university. Why are people freaking out over prayer meetings there? You know, prayer meetings are cropping up all over college campuses, and yet there's a whole Pharisaical spirit that's rising up in the church saying, well, I don't know. You know, when it comes to the term revival, there's lots of different ways to interpret it. Oh, just, everyone, just, just shut up and let God do his thing. Right? Our hearts being changed. And I'm so hungry right here in our neighborhood. And let it start with us. And experience, let us taste the goodness of the Holy Spirit. And let it change us to the point where it pushes the plate back for a few days and we fast in his presence. Where we have to pop the, the, the cork back in the bottle and choose to get drunk on his wine, the new wine for a bit. Or, or where we, you know, where we turn the TV off, close our laptops, and ignore social media because there's nothing socially positive about it. <laughs> but we start socializing in His presence, and then we reconnect with our families and our children and our loved ones and our neighbors, where we're not afraid to stand up and pray in the Spirit against this demonic force that's trying to get into our school systems and our government and and. and Look, I'm not, I'm not putting any faction of society down because Jesus died for every faction of society. But I'm sorry, some of the stuff that's being pushed, especially the attacks coming against our children, which is it's demonic. It's demonic in nature. And, and he's after our royal seed. Because God has a purpose that he's called us to. And he has some gifts. Amen? All right, I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I got I to gotta get back. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can, whoo, given to who? Each of us. What kind of gift? Spiritual gift. You can only, you, you can't learn about spirit. You have to encounter spirit. So an encountering spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can become really popular. Nope. So we can help each other. We can all be church. God's given each of us, every single person sitting on a seat. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you have the spirit of God in you. He's given you a spiritual gift. I want someone to put your hand on your chest and say, I've got a spiritual gift. I'm supposed to help somebody. And the cool thing about it, it's going to be in a way that you can't do by yourself because it's spiritual. It's supernatural. He has to put his super onto your natural so I have some natural abilities. Well, when he puts his super onto those natural abilities, man, there are all kind of crazy things about to happen. Watch this. Verse 8, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Praise God for those who have the gift of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Yes, I said Healing. It's still for today. Sorry to hurt anyone's feelings. It still happens today. God still heals, just like he did in the Old Testament, or New Testament too. Amen? Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles. Woo, the miraculous still exists. How about that? If someone says, well, I don't believe in miracles, it's because you never needed one. 
there's, we got some miracles sitting in this house. Matter of fact, there's a miracle. If you, if you want to touch a miracle, go over and give Carrie Kimball a hug today. Go, go, give, go give Paul Jones a hug today. Amen. He knows he's a miracle. And he'll brag about it too. <laughs> he gives uh, folks the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Woo, we need that active in the church today. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Oh, that freaks people out. Well, we'll talk about it here in a second. Everyone calm down. You know, the old test or the, the, the King James version of unknown languages would be speaking tongues and woo, man, that shakes people up. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, this is vital. It is the one and only spirit, only the Holy Spirit who distributes all these gifts. Right? right? I cannot give you gifts. <laughs> Senior pastor of a church. Yeah, I don't have the authority to do that. This is the Holy Spirit's work in you. And he alone decides which gift each person should have. It's up to him. It's not up to me. It's not up to the leadership. It's not up to the elder board. It's not up to anyone else. It's up to the word of God. So don't let any spiritual, pious self-righteous vigilante try to speak into your life, you know, oh, you don't do this, you don't do that. Well, you're not as spiritual as me. You know, it's, I, I, I can't stand that mindset. And, and it's not going to thrive here, I promise you that. Amen. Whatever spiritual abilities God gives you is going to come directly from the Holy Spirit as he orchestrates it, and we're going to be your biggest cheerleaders. Amen? Amen. But I promise you, you're going to operate in them because we're speaking them out today. So, Lord, I just speak out, Lord, Holy Spirit, let your gifts operate, Father, in this house and amongst our fellowship in a way that you orchestrate and only you orchestrate. So here, are the, this is the list of gifts of the Spirit that Paul lists out. There's, uh, Peter actually talks about some in his epistles. Uh, so there, there's multiple areas where he mentions gifts of the Spirit. But this, these are the, kind of the key ones we're going to kind of, for the sake of time and, and keeping things concise. Uh, but we have the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. You ever been around someone who is just so anointed and just so full of wisdom? And it's, it's the ability, supernatural ability to take God's truth and God's word and apply it. And we need more of those. We need godly counsel. I need people in my life. And it's always the, the times I encounter these folks. I got a few folks I'll call and say, hey, look, I'm dealing with this. I'm struggling with that. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to see what God's up to or what. And they'll just say a few things to me, and it makes so much sense. And I feel like an idiot. No, I don't. It's actually edifying. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. It was so simple. It was right there. But it's a supernatural thing. The gift of wisdom. Gift of knowledge. Gift of knowledge. Some of you will operate in this as the Holy Spirit sees fit. That's, that's, that's going to be times that you... Knowledge comes to you that you otherwise didn't have. It may be something that deals in the natural. You know, I've talked to, I, I've, I've talked to single women who are full of the spirit of God and love God. And they're like, I don't even know how to fix an engine, but my car was broke and I opened it up and just said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And bam, they knew exactly, oh, I need this part. I'm going to have to do this, do that. And they fixed their car themselves. Well, what was that? 
is a gift of knowledge. Sometimes it can be a little bit more uh, spiritual related. I was at a youth camp one time. We were praying down at the altar for a bunch of kids and there were some youth pastors and the Lord said, I want you to go pray for this couple over here, uh, this youth pastor couple. I want you to go pray, but pray over their, their unborn child. Okay, well, the problem was, I didn't even know if they wanted children because that whole week at youth camp, the youth pastor's wife acted like she hated kids. Like my teenagers were avoiding her. They're like, man, I ain't going over there. And so I I went over and said, if if you'll let me be obedient, I need to pray for your child. Well, she starts crying. I said, see, See, I told you, see. Anyway, so, so I prayed, prayed over their child, prayed over them as parents. And little did I know, two weeks later, I got a phone call. They were, they were living in Alabama at the time. Got a phone call and said, nobody else knew this. But we were told that we couldn't have children. We've been trying to have children. We've been quietly praying. And, and, and you came over and prayed over us. What we found out the next week was, I don't know how many weeks pregnant she was, but, but she went in, took a pregnancy test, and she was pregnant. So she literally was pregnant at the time. God told me to go do that. Now... Is that something that happens every day in my life? Well, no. But when there's a need, the Holy Spirit brings it up, right? Uh, the gift of faith. This is something that God activated in my life about four years ago. And it's crazy faith. Some, some of you have this gift. Now, we all, the Bible says that all of us have a measure of faith. But the Holy Spirit will activate something in some of you guys where you're crazy enough to go, oh, if God said it, I'll believe it. It sounds insane. So, but hey, if it doesn't come through, it's on God. It ain't on me, right? And, and there's something about that. Sometimes you've got to get around someone that's got that kind of Holy Spirit faith and say, I need you to agree with me on something. We're going to pray, and I'm, I'm, I've got something, and it sounds crazy, but i got to trust God on. And someone, God will send someone along your life and say, you know what? I'm crazy enough. I'm going to believe for it too. Amen? The gift of healing the gift of healing, it is real. It happens. Now, we can all pray for healing, and healing comes in various ways. There's just some folks who operate in a specific gift. Does that mean that they are you know, these big faith healers and all this stuff? I mean, and we could be here all day long hearing my commentary on this, right? But let me just say this. Uh, I realize that, unfortunately, there are those who have chosen to try to profit off of this, any of these gifts, but this also seems to be an abusive one, unfortunately. But yet, I can tell you people who have attended some of these meetings that genuinely was healed. Why? Because of their faith. And, and let me say this, that those who do operate in this, those who truly do, uh, number one, it's not because of them, but it's because of God working in them. And if I'm going to receive any type of healing, it's not going to be because a particular person touched me and prayed over me, but it's going to be because I, I have faith in the word of God. And if God has anointed someone to have faith specifically for healing, and that's who I get to contact with, well, then praise God. Where two or three are gathered in my name, they're at, they're on, am I in the midst of them, the Bible says, right? So uh, we have seen healing right here in the midst of us. You know, uh, the, and let me say this as well. When it, comes, when it comes to healing, some folks get a concept of, okay, God, I need you to heal my loved one. And they, they, 
they think healing means this. They have an image of what that healing should look like. And sometimes God heals, but it's in a different way. And when it doesn't fit this image, we get mad at God and say, well, you didn't heal my loved one, or you didn't heal me, or you didn't heal this or heal that. When all things work for good for those who love him. Now, I believe that God can fully restore. I also believe that God has a purpose for everything. My mom uh, had leukemia. Man, I've seen God, God healed my, my niece of brain cancer. What's cancer to God? I've seen God heal cancer left and right. And my mom was so full of faith, so full of faith that her last week in the hospital, while she's laying in bed dying, she had a line of nurses. She was praying for nurses, right? Now that's some faith. And she was at peace. And, and when she passed, it was, Lord, why? He, and he said, well, it's the best day of her life. She's, she's ultimately healed. She'll never get sick again. It's just not in a manner you were wanting me to. But I have a plan and a purpose, right? Uh, but I will, say, I will tell you this. If you come in here and you've got something that you need healing of, you let us know. We're going to pray for you. Pray the prayer. If there any sicker amongst you, let them come to the elders of the church. Let them pray the prayer of faith over you, and, and, and you will, you'll be healed. The Bible says that. I will claim the word of God. Say, so what if he doesn't heal me? Well, that's on God. But I'm going to claim his word. <laughs> that's going to be my default. And, and those of you, there are some of you here that you're going to find that you operate in that gift. I will tell you, some, I will tell you a couple who, who actually do operate in this gift. Some of you know them. And, and it, that would be Mark and Becky Riley, who, who uh, helped the, the first year of this church's uh, young existence. Uh, they operated in Ireland in a healing ministry, and they still do. Like, you, if you catch them online, they're, they're still praying for people and seeing people healed. So, gift of miracles. Everyone's still with me? I promise. I'm trying to, I know I got off on a tangent, got fired up. We're going to get through this. Gift of miracles. Again, say, I don't believe in miracles. It's because you never needed one. I've seen folks pray. I've seen folks pray, and the miraculous take place. I, I, can, I can give you story upon story upon story. Where, where the miraculous takes place, all the way to, all the way to uh, 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 chat it with a, uh, uh, a missionary who, uh, uh, an old lady that used to attend his church overseas, she would have to walk right through uh, where, where there were armed guerrillas, not like physical, like silverbacks, but you know what I mean, like, like militants. And, and yet she would pass through their encampment to get to church, and they would say, what? And she would worship God the whole way. And they, they finally, turns out the reason why they never messed with her is because they said, we weren't, we weren't going to mess with her because of those two huge dogs that, that were with her. <laughs> well, she never had a dog. <laughs> you know? And yet, yeah, here's these stories. And so, well, it's, it's a gift of uh, the miraculous. Gift, gift of prophecy. Prophesying doesn't always mean telling the future. Sometimes the gift of prophecy in itself just means to declare the Declare the word of God to declare a right now word for right now. You know, so one could say, if this truly is what God wants us to hear, then technically I am prophesying at the moment. Right. Now, prophecy does sometimes talk about, hey, thus say that, you know, you see guys that'll kind of read your mail a little bit, right? Now, unfortunately, folks make a big deal of that and, and you know, woo, it's our Christian psychic hotline and you let one of those guys show up and you can pack a house or whatever, you know, uh, and, and, and so, all, like I said, all of these things get, get abused. But right here in this house, some of you operate with a gift of prophecy. Be, uh, Becca Lampert, who's out with the, the teenagers right now, she operates in it. Uh, there was one time we were 
uh, uh, at a restaurant, a bunch of us. And so the Lord had told me, he said, I want you to go give a pretty hefty tip to the waitress. So I went to go bless her and uh, asked her if I could pray with her. And of course she's crying. She's oh yes, please. And so I'm, I didn't even know if she's a believer or not. I just started praying with her and I asked God, I didn't know that Becca came up beside me. And I asked God, I said, do you, do you have a word? Is there anything you would like to communicate to her? And he said, yeah, I already told Becca. And I turned and Becca's right there. I went, oh, Becca, you got it? And she goes, yeah, I got this. So, and, and she comes up. Now, the way that God operates with Becca, she'll get images. She'll, so she said, I, I'm seeing a picture of this, 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 this. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, I hope this is you because it's not making a lick of sense to me. So there's a yellow button and it's on this and it was sewed awkwardly on this or this. Or this. Well, the girl just starts crying and she goes, Yes, she goes, because that was something that my grandmother gave to me. And, and lately I've been thinking about everything my grandmother was telling me about the Lord and knowing that I need to get right with God and this and that. So, yeah, it was, it was a prophetic word, right? And so don't be afraid to flow in the prophetic. Those that the Holy Spirit gives you, if all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm, this sounds weird, but I, I feel I need to speak this out. Whether it is an incredible word like that, or whether it is just merely saying, hey, I believe this is what God wants us to hear today, or this is what God is trying to say right here, right now. Speak it out, prophesy. Matter of fact, the apostle Paul said, if you're gonna, if you're gonna pray for any of these, pray for the gift of prophecy. Even over, and we'll get to it here in a second, tongues, right? Because a lot of people are like, ooh, I speak in tongues, therefore I'm more spiritually awesome. than you. No, no, stop, stop. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. He said, but I pray that you learn to prophesy. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the whole body. And that's what all of these are for, right? Uh, gift of discernment. In, in other words, the, the gift to understand, if, is this really you, God, or is this someone else? We need that, right? How many people sit there and go, hey, I, there's an opportunity that just came up. It sounds good. I don't know if it's God or not. Anyone ever been there? Pray for the gift of discernment. You have the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know. Just because it's shiny doesn't mean it's God. And just because it looks bad doesn't mean it's not God. Right? <laughs> Case in point, Bob and Howard asked me to come help pastor. They said, hey, no, seriously, God, we need a pastor. Seriously, see? God's saying no. <laughs> seriously. I want you to take the most redneck, white trash guy in the neighborhood and make him your pastor. <laughs> Those aren't bad words, Ryan. Relax. <laughs> it's, not, it's not prejudice if you talk about yourself. See, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Bob's like, hey, it's like, I hate to deny it, but it's, yeah. So, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the gift of discernment. In other words, uh, there are going to be some, and there, there's a lot of really colorful things that get put out there on the internet that sound super spiritual, and you go, woo, that sounds good. I don't know, it doesn't always line up with the Word of God, though, right? So, so there's a lot of deceptive things out there. So we do need the spirit of discernment active, and yet that's a gift the Holy Spirit brings. Oh, here we are, woo. Here it is, the, the yo mama of all topics when it comes to gifts of the Spirit. Unfortunately, because it has been uh, uh, very abused. The gift of tongues, the gift of unknown tongues, it can come in various forms. Sometimes it is a spiritual gift where a, a language that you don't know, uh, the Holy Spirit begins to move 
and you may speak another. I'll give you a prime example. Uh, a church that I grew up in, we had a lady from uh, Sierra Leone, and uh, I believe their native dialect, and those of you who are from the African continent may be able to correct me on this, I believe their primary dialect is French, I think, and they speak French, English, but then they also have a native tongue, right, uh, before colonization and all that stuff took place. And so we were in a prayer meeting one time, and my mom began to pray out, and she usually was not very, she was boisterous at home and boisterous when she was in my face, right, <laughs> trying to raise me and keep me out of trouble. But in public, she was not, you know, out, outgoing or, or whatnot. But she, she began to pray, and it was just this beautiful language. And Hannah, who was the lady from Sierra Leone, began to weep. And, you know, we, we just didn't know what was going on. I, I saw my mom was praying in tongues. I thought it sounded really beautiful. Turns out, she, Hannah had some things she was praying about. My mom wound up praying a, a message, speaking a message in Hannah's native language. My mom was from Augusta, Georgia. She didn't, she was, you know. And, uh, and, and yet, that was how God confirmed to Hannah that, hey, I've got this taken care of. And I'm moving, you know. Now, was it, you know, is it some show? And, and that's the problem. All these gifts people have tried to make show a show of and demonstrative and all that stuff. These things actually happen, right? Uh, the Bible talks about praying in unknown tongues. So it, it may be a tongue that nobody knows about. Uh, Paul does say he who prays in tongues, speaks in tongues, edifies himself. So there may be those of you who do pray in tongues, you know, don't be ashamed of it. During the times that you pray, if the Spirit leads, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. There are times that you don't know what to pray, and the Holy Spirit will come up and begin to speak and pray. Now, here's the key. Paul talks about also, pray for the interpretation. If I pray in tongues, I want to know what God's praying. All right, what are we praying about, God? Because I need this. And, and, and yet, uh, and, and now let me say this, because I don't want people to go, oh man, we're about to turn into a crazy church and all this stuff. No, Paul gives very specific instructions on when folks are gathered together. Matter of fact, he said, look, he said, when you get together, pray that someone prophesies. If someone gives a, if someone gives a word in tongue, in a tongue, then have someone, let someone interpret. Someone with the gift of interpretation, stand up, interpret. That way, everyone can be edified. He said, at most, two messages. He said, the reason why, he said, because if, and I'm paraphrasing here, the Apostle Paul said, if you gather together and everyone's just speaking in tongues, and if you have anyone new come in, they're, they're not, they're not going to know what in the world's going on. No one's going to get edified, you know. So if we come, and like I said, we all come from different backgrounds. So say we all show up and 15 of us, man, we're just, woo, we're speaking in tongues, we're praying, we're just out of it. We'll all leave 15 of us and go, woo, that was a fantastic sermon or message or service. 50 other people are going to go, what in the world? You know, like, I didn't catch a thing. So did anything profitable come from that? No. So Paul says, that's why Paul said, pray for prophet. He said, I'd rather speak five words in a known tongue than a thousand words in an unknown tongue. He wouldn't put this gift down. Matter of fact, he just said, but pray for the greater gifts. Why? Because this gift tends to be a little bit more personal. 
uh, even within this house, sometimes you'll hear when people are worshiping, you may hear an individual as they're worshiping, they may pray or worship in, in tongues. That's wonderful, that's acceptable, that's fine. Say, so, well, it freaks me out. Okay, well, then maybe sit somewhere else next Sunday, right? <laughs> you know, you, you can use common sense. But, but it's, it's a very intimate time, right? And that's wonderful. We all need to be edified. But he said, but pray, pray for pro- the gift of prophecy to be able to articulate the word of God. That's what was happening yesterday at men's Bible study. And, and we're going to wrap up here. Uh, matter of fact, everyone stand. That, man, that makes everyone feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When, when a preacher says in closing, what does it mean? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's, that's, the, that's right. It's a false prophecy, Howard says. It's fake news. Uh, so men's Bible study, it was so awesome. Uh, you, what, what we try to do is, uh, because we're, we're, we're wanting everyone to just step in and, and learn to operate in their giftings and learn to articulate the word of God and learn to think and process and stuff. So for men's Bible study, we, all right, who's got it next week? Who, and we're going through the book of Luke. And okay, next week, we're going to read through this passage. So, so who wants to lead it? And then someone, they'll, they'll take it and they'll study and, and just kind of see what they churn up and come and say, hey, this is kind of what the Lord said to me. And they'll present it. And then everybody else starts chiming in, right? And yesterday, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but it was, Peter, it was your first time to really lead, wasn't it? Or have you led one other time? Oh, yeah, last year one time. That's right. Because I, I told you you had to be there like 20 minutes early for that one. <laughs> but hey, matter of fact, I showed up. Peter was already at the coffee house. I was like, glory to God, we're about to have a revival. Man, look, Peter got here early. But Peter presented and, and talked about... Uh, the demoniac that Je- we, we were studying about the demoniac that Jesus set free and, you know, where, where he cast out legion into the, into the pigs, all that stuff. Man, not only did Peter, Peter prophesied the word of God. He spoke a right now word out of that chapter. But then all of a sudden, brother Greg over there started speaking a right now word. And, and, and uh, brother Toke started speaking a right now word. Everybody, what, it, like everyone there, like all of a sudden, everyone started chiming in, Right? What was happening? It was a gift of prophecy. The word of God was being spoken for right now. And if anyone needed, man, I was needing it yesterday morning, man. I showed up feeling weighted down. Boy, I left. I was just, I was, what was it? It it was the word of God. I was edified. What happened? The body, these men got to edify me. Hopefully they were edified too. You know, Peter shows up and says, I'm going to be honest, I didn't prepare really well for this. Well, I spend time preparing for sermons. He did far better than me. I don't know what's going on here. So if that's him not preparing very well, holy moly, that's, man, what an incredible gift. So, so in other words, pray, begin to pray, begin to pray. Say, well, okay, so what, what are we supposed to do with all this? Here we are. Here's the next steps. Identifying your purpose. After the last three weeks, This is what I want you to do. This is your homework. It's just very practical. Pray and identify natural born abilities that you have. This will give you a clue as to your purpose in his kingdom, right? Some of you already know, but if you don't, just really take some time and pray and think, what do I just naturally do well? Number two, pray and see which of the fivefold ministry describes you. That's the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Say, well, I don't understand what those are about. Well, then I I encourage you to go back into the archive and 
uh, of last week, hear, hear the, uh, the message from last week, or even do some study. This reveals how you can begin to serve in the kingdom, right? If you're an establisher or a, a speaker of the word or a, a shepherd or, or an evangelist, a, a, a teacher. And finally, number three, ask to be so filled with the Holy Spirit and invite him to activate his gifts in your life. This positions you to be a blessing in the kingdom. So it's a matter of finding what your purpose is, finding how you can serve, and then finding how you can bless. And in doing so, you're going to be so filled. You're going to be so, so I don't want to spend all my time blessing because I got to get some blessings too. Do you realize, do you remember the story when, when the disciples fed uh, the multitude, when Jesus multiplied the fishes and loaves? And so they all took baskets out that wound up getting filled up with fish and loaves, Right? And then when they went to go collect, you remember how many basketfuls that they brought? 12. So every one of the disciples that helped serve the multitudes wound up with a whole basketful. Where they all got plates, the disciples got basketfuls of provision. Amen. There is something for you to do in the kingdom And there is something for you to do right here in this fellowship. Amen. Lord, I love you. I praise you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being real. Thank you for being something, someone that we can experience. So, Lord, I pray, allow us all to begin to experience you in a way that you are assigning to this fellowship. Father, we we just pray you release according to your plan the Holy Spirit gifts, begin to allow them to be activated. I, once again, in Jesus' name, remove the cap, the fear, the intimidation that was placed over this congregation, even in the early days. And we submit ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, come. It's one of the oldest prayers recorded in the new church. Holy Spirit, come. Praise God. Lord, I speak to fallow soil in this house, soil that once bore a harvest but just hasn't been active of late. I speak to that soil. I speak life into that soil. I speak to bones that have been dried out. And we say, come back to life in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, move in us and change us. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we just worship one more time as a family in song? If you have any prayer needs, come see me over there or you can grab your neighbor. They're just as anointed as I am. Have them pray for you. Amen. If there's anyone here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible says that if you'll believe in your heart that he is Lord, you'll confess that God rose him from the dead, you'll be saved. In other words, it's a matter of speaking and confessing it out. Just believing it and saying what you believe on it. Amen. I would love, we, we, had a, we had a young man born again last week. Amen. He's back in Chicago with his family to be praying for him. Amen. I believe that that's first fruits. Amen. Let's all worship together.